Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. show how are you guys doing this is zach find me on twitter at barnburner bro and tonight we are blessed the whole crew is together tonight we got mason we got rich we got sam everybody's back the season may not be here yet but everyone's back from all their summer charades and we're rocking rolling ready to go so we'll go through the lineup mason how you doing I'm good, man. Been spending the day at the beach out at uh, Newport Beach. Just got home, you know, Sunday evening, ready to talk some Grizz, and uh, hopefully we can sprinkle in some Tigers in here as well, because we just had a nice trip in the Bahamas. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening there for sure. Rich? Uh, Doing well, man. You know, just posted up at the crib. You know, it was a good weekend, good Sunday. Um, Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I wasn't at the beach, but, you know, I was able to drive through the streets of Memphis and kind of enjoy the Sunday afternoon, man, even though it's hot as hell. Sam, you're back stateside. How's that feel? I am, yeah. Feels good. Uh, It feels good to have currency that I understand, (laughs) a language that I speak, um, and, and food that I enjoy. And uh, without without question, enjoy. So I, if you've ever been abroad and talked about and found someone that knows anything about the NBA, it is uh, pretty entertaining for a lot of reasons. I have a kind of a, a quick story. I met this dude who was born in Mexico, but he was like grew up in Seattle to some degree. So we started talking about the NBA. He was a, a Sonics fan uh, back when they obviously had a team. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm from Memphis. He's like, oh, are you a Grizzlies fan? I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Grizzlies fan. He was like, well, how's Memphis doing? I, I remember the Zebo days. And right then I was like, all right, well, like this probably isn't going to go well because like he referenced something that was like three years ago, but we're still going to talk about this. You know, I'm going to talk about my team. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh shit, actually we kind of have some exciting times these days. We got two young rookies that are exciting. We have a team that kind of runs and guns wildly different than what we were used to. So I was like, oh man, yeah, I'm going to talk about the Grizzlies and be exciting. And I was like, well, all right, we got, so, so you probably know then like last year we got this kid with the fourth overall pick. His name's Jaron Jackson Jr. And I looked at him and he was like, who? I was like, you know, Jared Jackson Jr. He was like first team all rookie. He's like, uh, I don't, I don't know who that guy is. So Michigan State, you know, he's like a big man. He could shoot threes, and he was like, I don't know, dude. And I was like, all right, well, this year we got the second overall pick. You know about that? And he was like, oh, that's that's good. He's like, who'd you draft? And I was like, oh, John Morant. And then no reaction from this guy whatsoever. And uh, and he was like, who is that? I was like, John Morant, you know, the sensation out of Murray State. Like, he averaged 10 assists. Like, no one's ever done it in college. He's like electrifying Russell Westbrook-level athleticism. And he's like, dude, I, where's Murray State? <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, I was like, Dylan Brooks, he played at Oregon. Uh, you know, he played in the tournament a bunch. He's pretty good. And he had no idea who that was either. So my attempt to talk about the Grizzlies and be excited uh, was fell on deaf ears, really. And I realized that a lot of people really don't know anything about Jaron. 
despite the fact that he had what we know to be a pretty revolutionary rookie year um, and and one that kind of went down in history. But that was uh, that kind of sucked. I will say today I ran the Bardog 5K and I saw a guy wearing a John Morant jersey, which is pretty cool. That kind of got me hyped. Uh, so I walked up and thanked him for his service. But otherwise, glad to be back and ready to talk some hoops. It's been a while, and I know we're eking up on the season. So we have a, a little bit of a summer developments to talk about. Zach, how are you, man? What you, I know you've been keeping the literary trail hot. Read any good books lately? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I got uh, I'm like three, four basketball books in the summer. I got Don't Put Me In Coach by Mark Titus. So that was pretty funny for the most part. It was, a, it was humorous, just like reminded me of college pretty much with uh, some more like high risk antics, I suppose. And then I read, I just finished today reading raw recruits, um, which is about just like recruiting scandals in NCAA basketball that were like 30 years ago. It was written in 89 or 90. So it was like right when I was being born, the stuff is still going on that was happening today, but just like a good little history lesson on, uh, college basketball recruiting and it, it, that was pretty interesting too it was very very well and, written like it was by Armin Katayan and Alexander Wolf and like probably one of the better written books I think as far as like their writing style I appreciated it so like A Tale of Two Cities Raw Recruits uh, Christmas Carol Christmas it was like somewhere between Dick and okay, somewhere okay, in not, there. Not, yeah. not, a good, not, not a good reference. It's there. Not, it, right, those so, aren't as fresh <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> uh, have you guys? Uh, have you guys watched Euphoria? Anyone? Anyone in on Euphoria here? Yes. Rich, yep. I figured yes, you I am. Yes, I am. I'm. I'm like two episodes in. I just started the other day. So oh, yeah. I've never. I watch a lot of movies and TV and stuff, and like I, I consider myself pretty open. But like I've never been shocked like I have watching that show. Dude, and like, thank just, you. They go all out. I know. It's not, it's not the nudity. It's not the dicks, you know, yeah. like whatever. Lots you know, of I, uh, sure. That's fine. But like, it's just the, it's the first time I ever felt like, damn, like this generation has so many things going on that we didn't have to face. And it's like, it's a very sad show. You know, it's, yeah. it's one that kind of leaves you sort of shell shocked after you watch it. Yeah. There's but it's not visually a lot of stunning and all that. Visually stunning. Like just yeah. this, the, just it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful right. show right? right uh and i think like i just realized like okay like shit they're not going to give us any happy endings like this is just kind of up to our interpretation uh i know they've already been confirmed for season two and it's crazy because they're not even seniors like they were juniors in high school you know well they were playing juniors in high school of course um, right. it's just like damn dude like this isn't even like the college year craziness like this is just shit that these like kids are like fucking going through like but yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it some wonderful performances like shout out to zendaya man she killed it yeah she's really good uh yeah. just a really really uh talented cast for sure yeah i mean like whereas like our generation was like you know turn into dr pepper can and do a bong like they're popping molly, <laughs> popping <laughs> you're, molly. Like, you're like you're like snorting oxycodone yeah. uh, you know oxycodone and ugh, ugh. yeah they're doing like drug drugs yeah yeah, yeah drug drugs exactly yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Say no to drugs, kids. Yeah. Say no to drugs. That's the backdoor cut. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's our mantra here. <laughs> All right, Zach, get us on track. <laughs> All righty. So uh, just to kick things off, so a little bit of news and notes for the site as a whole. So right now we've got a new contributor who's going to be writing some Grizzly stuff for us in Ryan Bray this upcoming season. Got an article in the queue that will post this week on Jonas Valanciunas. So want to welcome Ryan to – the 
the barn site. Uh, check it out at the-barnburner.com sometime this week, probably Monday or Tuesday. We'll get that up and posted. Uh, but new, some news broke today that Dwight Howard had been given permission by the Grizzlies to speak to the Lakers. This was from uh, Shams and Ramona Shelburne from ESPN broke that. Um, anything stick out to you guys on that? Not really. I mean, maybe it means we we get a we reach a lower buyout, or they don't really have anything to trade. So I don't really see how it benefits us, and I don't think any of us expect or really want Dwight yeah. on the team on the Grizzlies team next year. So I'm just kind of like, you know, go on, make something happen. Let's let's get this yeah. And this is over. obviously in uh, as a reaction to uh, Boogie Cousins getting hurt, so trying to fill that roster spot. Man, yeah, that sucks. sucks just from a basketball standpoint. I think I saw they're also looking at uh, bringing in Joachim Noah. I, I hope, you know, I'm looking forward to watching Noah play. He was really fun last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. Uh, I I think just the same. Like, I mean, it's, of course, somebody who I knew wasn't going to be on the roster opening day. But I think similar to Mason's point, like, I just don't know what the Lakers have to give up in return, uh, given all the assets that they, you know, utilize in the <laughs> yeah. trade. Like, they literally have no one. Um, and so, I mean, yeah. Uh, really, really sad to hear about Boogie Man, but I mean, if Dwight Howard can just bring his shoulders to LA and just stand in the paint <laughs> and like block the rim, like that's all they really need for him. Like, you know, he, they don't need much. But I would love to see Yokim get a shot too, man. He was definitely fun. I think he showed that he still has something left in the tank. Uh, I just don't know about the LA nightlife. Like, New York was too much for him. I, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I saw a couple of good tweets about Dwight. One was uh, in regards to him signing with the Lakers. Someone said it was something the Ringer said. Sign Steve Nash now, you cowards! <laughs> Referring to the, the Ill, ill-fated, uh, ill-fated 2012 um, uh, link super up, team. and then the yeah, this, this the first super team that uh, what was that? That Sports Illustrated yep. cover or something? There was like some infamous cover before, uh, well, right after I guess the LeBron Heat era. But anyway, so saw that was good, and then I saw on Facebook randomly NBA, uh, the NBA TV Facebook page which I follow posted a video of Dwight's Superman dunk from like 2009 dunk contest or something. And when he like throws it in, which is in itself debatably a dunk. I mean, and we could talk about what a dunk is here if we want, but I, I'm, I'm team. That's <laughs> not a dunk. But uh, anyway, like, so the comments are always like really bad. You know, you read these comments underneath there and there's like escalatingly negative things. And the funniest shit gets liked and sent to the top. <laughs> so one person said like, who'd have thought this would be the highlight of Dwight's career. And I was like, damn, that's, um, that's sad. I hope Dwight doesn't read that. So shout out to my guy Dwight. I mean, this is this would be the perfect opportunity for him in LA because all he's got to do is rebound and play defense. Uh, you know, protect the rim and dunk, dunk lobs. So it, it could be a good opportunity for him to get his career back on track. What many regard as you know a surefire Hall of Fame career already. Um, hard to believe, you know he's been in the league for ten plus years now. So. Um, It'll be interesting to see. I mean, honestly, I'm not a Dwight fan, uh, and I just don't want him around our young guys, man. I ain't trying to have him boning John Moran or Jan yeah. or something like that, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. Right. And we are we are an equal opportunity podcast, but, uh, yeah. I mean, you've you seen, you seen Jaron been uh, bulking up. He's trying to keep it right off of him. <laughs> In that Ringer article, they said he gained like 20 pounds of muscle. I'm like, oh, he's getting ready for Dwight's dick. <laughs> No, no means no. Not Dwight. up in here, Dwight. <laughs> yeah. 
Also, <laughs> of little note, Tyler Dorsey signed uh, with the Israeli team, so he's definitely out of the picture, which I think we already assumed he was. Marco. Send them Grayson Allen, too. Is, can we trade them like a second-round Israeli pick or something? I don't know. International soccer can do international cool. stuff. NBA needs to figure out something. Uh, Marco, speaking of international, Marco Gudurik signed with the Grizzlies. Um, not, no one really knows much. You can read what he has on paper, but same you know stereotype as most European players. I know a lot of he shot like forty seven percent from three. He only shot three attempts per game though last year, so it's really hard to tell from that what you're going to get. I think. And then what we got? Yeah, nothing to talk about. Oh, all right, <laughs> yeah, you missed, the, yeah, you missed the cricket. Give me a cricket. <laughs> He could very well be our starting shooting guard. Like that's not—I don't think that's out of the question at all. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll watch him with uh, his Serbian team in the World Cup, and we can go from there. <laughs> when does that start? Who fucking knows? But it's yeah, I think the—I uh, think the message has been so far with some of these signings is that you know they're really targeting these guys, these like hidden gems, maybe in the Euro basketball or whatever, that are just like insanely good three-point shooters. Um, so. We're always like, hey, get a couple of us, get a point guard I, I, and a big guy like Jaron and Ja, and then surround him with shooters. That's like supposed to be the NBA formula, and that sounds all fine and good. It's harder than you think. But, you know, I mean, at least you look at these guys' past performance and anticipate maybe they'll do it in the future. And I think it's reasonable. Give them, you know, these little short deals, give them shots and see what they can do. I mean, it's very Spursian, I think. I mean, at the risk of stereotyping the, the European player signings. But you know what I mean? That's uh, kind of the same deal. Like they look for these diamonds in the rough because we're not signing big free agents. Well, yeah, I mean, he is the only guy on the roster who you could classify as a shooter for sure. So Didn't we sign some other guy, some other out, white guy like closer to training camp that was a shooter? Uh, or is that two a two-way? No. Contract uh, no, you're talking about uh, the yeah, dude yeah. from two-way. Fort Wayne. Yeah. Didn't we he's sign him at two, two-year? Yeah. He, he, oh, it's a two-way. Okay. A uh, two-way. He's more – yeah, he's more of a ball handler. Uh, he he's supposed to be able to shoot. He didn't really in summer league, and then of course Grayson Allen couldn't throw it in the ocean from Newport Beach uh, in summer league. So hard on Grayson. Hard on Grayson. I mean, convince me how he's better than Wayne mm. Selden. Like, yeah, I don't not, have a hard. I'm not. You're not going to find me in Grayson Allen corner. Oh no, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. it's not an island. I'm, I'm going to. Well, hopefully I'm the one that looks dumb in the end, and he, he's a great player for the group. Yes, I hope you look dumb as well. <laughs> <laughs> also, the Grizzlies, uh, Taylor Jenkins rounded out his coaching staff uh, with some folks. Um, it, I, I'm not going to pretend to act like I know too much about coaches, though. Do you know Brad Jones was the hustle coach, and he's now an assistant coach for Jenkins. They've worked together previously. Um, anything that you guys know about that more than I do? Well, he was on Jerry Sloan's staff with the Jazz for a while back in the day. Um, like you said, he was the head coach of the Austin Toros uh, with Taylor Jenkins on his staff. That's where their relationship began, worked under Pop, uh, worked under some good coaches, been around the game for a long time. And Jenkins did say that he's going to be the lead assistant, so somebody that Taylor's going to lean on heavily throughout the year, it seems like. I did. If you want more on that, I'd go over. I want to say it was Peter Edmiston. Edmiston. Okay, yeah, on the Athletic, yep. he had a pretty good article about his about Jenkins. Uh, he interviewed him and he talked about his coaching philosophy, kind of 
how he's going to his leadership style and management. And I, I thought that was pretty good the way that he's going to, you know, have like a team approach, but really encourage like kind of some conflict and criticism among each other, but in a healthy environment. So I, I appreciated that philosophy. Yeah. The biggest thing I took away from that article was a quote he said he took from Bud was shit happens. <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> stats don't explain things like shit just happens. Like you might play perfect defense and they hit a three shit happens. So nice to know that he's realistic. Um, he, he does seem like he's going to be involved in the analytics, but he also understands that basketball is a natural game. and It can't all be described through numbers. So, um, you know, uh, saying all the right things so far, I think Edmiston mentioned that part two of that interview, Taylor Jenkins is going to dive into each of the assistant coaches. So that'll give us the opportunity to learn a little bit more about them and kind of how he views them. Yeah, one thing we talked about before we got on air was that uh, Neely Ivy is the uh, Notre Dame assistant who is a one of the one of the you know one of the f- few female assistant coaches in the league. Obviously, the uh, the Spurs assistant was hired well before, but. Um, so that's notable, you know, not something that a lot of teams are doing and, and, uh, and is looks, looks good, uh, just in terms of like business management and sort of uh, equality throughout the league. And then shout out to uh, Taylor Jenkins, man, winning the summer league, you know, like he, he coached the guys and he, uh, in his very first summer league coaching outing, he, he wins the whole, the shit. Uh, so that was good to see. I mean, I realize it's summer league, who cares, but ultimately the guys listened to him, played hard and he won. Uh, and I don't, I, I don't think we probably had, I don't think we had the most talented summer league roster I, I, in terms of just like sheer talent. I mean, I mean, I guess you could argue that, but I was impressed by that. That was good to see. I mean, that's, that's about as good a, a summer as you can have as, as far as an assistant goes, a new head coach. I mean, yeah, it's certainly better than going in there and getting embarrassed in summer league. So that's, it beats the alternative there. Sure. Yeah. Still a bummer. We didn't get to watch the most of the new guys play but such is life uh also jaron was on the team usa select team which the team usa team's got De'Aaron fox just dropped off and so that roster's looking pretty slim but i guess there wasn't room for jaron to make the actual team at this point but you know maybe one day also other grizzlies man they should have took his ass they about to go get their ass kicked <laughs> they, yeah i on uh do you, do you know who's on the roster yeah, yeah like kuzma and like kimball walker are the most notable people on there aren't they it's like fucking mason Pumley's. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes like, sense <laughs> so it's kimba Derek white miles turner jason tatum marcus smart mason Plumley, donovan mitchell chris middleton uh, Brooke Lopez, Kuzma, Joe Harris, Jalen Brown, and Brooke Harrison Lopez Barnes. is on there. That's <laughs> random. That's like yeah. one of these things does not look like the other. You know, he's like splash, ten years older than those mountain, guys, dude. No, yeah, I mean, he's not. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying, like, that's. Uh, go ahead, Brooke, man. Is is he? I didn't know he was from here. I thought he was like Spanish or something. Yeah, he's from. Uh, he's from California. Uh, okay. He grew up in Cali. Yeah, yeah I do with the Stanford. Stanford. Right, okay, good for you, Brooke. Uh, Grew up in Fresno. The brothers and Quincy Pondexter all went to school to get together. Yeah, I like those guys. But we need Robin on the team, too, for synergy. Or at least have him there. He's got to be at least nearby. The twin thing. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin Bagley actually got the call up and uh, declined it. So um, that was interesting that he got the call up over Jaron. Maybe maybe pe- 
And if you listen to people around the league, they're expecting a huge breakout from Marvin Bagley this year. Yeah. Um, you saw him in that scrimmage, and he—I mean—he looked really, really good. Um, so, going to be interesting to see between him and Jaron, who turns out to be the better player. Why do people think that? Like, what is he? What's different about this year? Just added some weight and NBA know-how. I mean, he just actually stood out in the, in the games and uh, when people have seen him. So. Jar- like in the select game, Jaron was just a guy. Yeah. Marvin Bagley was out there getting his boards and making his presence known. Okay. Yeah, I caught a little bit of that game, and it was just not a whole lot was uh, sticking out with Jaron at that point. Hopefully that's something that we start to see this year is like that killer instinct where he takes over the game. Uh, the ringer, We'll talk about the Ringer article in a little bit, but that kind of alluded to that. Uh, other Grizz uh, playing in the World Cup, Lithuania obviously has – Jonas playing Serbia has our newest Serbian, I guess only Serbian. Marco Guduric is playing with them. Brazil's got their version of Kevin Durant and Bruno Caboclo playing. And Japan's got Yuta Watanabe. So that rounds out pretty uh, eclectic group for the Grizzlies. That's that's impressive. It's better than not having anyone. I guess that's my motto today is $2 is better than no dollars. Mm-hmm. We know that to be true. definitely true also this summer uh the ringer has written several articles about how much they love us pretty much this week was chark's turn to talk about ja and jaron and ja how his responsibility gonna be so much less than they were at murray state where he had to be the guy had to literally do everything whereas now his main focus should be to help distribute the ball to jaron and help jaron make that sophomore leap uh, and become like this all round player instead of Ja having to carry the load of the team. I don't know. I know you probably read that Mason. What anything stick out to you from that? Um, I mean, it's kind of like I've been saying all along this, this version of the Grizzlies is only going to be as good as Jaron Jackson uh, can be like it just, we can't have a point guard being our best player. Um, just with the way the league is right now, you look around the league, that's not how it works except for Steph Curry. Um, ja obviously doesn't have the shooting abilities of Curry. So uh, I think it was right on point, and it, it honestly made the argument against uh, R.J. Barrett <laughs> for hey. me. Uh, it took me back to the, pre, the pre-draft days, and I was like, okay, this makes sense. Um, you know, Ja should be able to unleash the best Jaron that we know, and he also won't. They basically said he's not going to be that Russell Westbrook type player because he won't be able to finish at the rim. He's not as big as Westbrook and just not as much of a freak of nature as Westbrook. So he's going to have to rely more on being a pure point guard and getting Jaron set up. And I think that bodes well for the future of the franchise. I'd agree. Also, I love how much Charts loves Jaron and by de facto loves us now. I appreciate that, having someone that just – Talks about us as much as we do. Charks been also drooling has, over Jaron for like three years. He also has a, a, another weird tie to the Grizzlies. You know, you guys know what that is? His wife. <laughs> I don't know. No. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it, it, maybe his wife. We don't know that. But what I do know is uh, he played high school basketball with Taylor Jenkins. Um, oh, he went to right. high school in Texas with Taylor Jenkins. And I guess Chark was a freshman when – Taylor Jenkins was a senior, so like I don't even know if they if Charks was like a JUCO or not JUCO, but a um, like a freshman team guy. But anyway, he like played with Taylor Jenkins. Said Taylor Jenkins was like come to work every day type 
you know, like uh, bring bring his uh, bring his lunch pail to to the game and just do whatever was needed. Type blue collar guy, so he to fit right in on you know five or six years ago. But so that's cool. So Chark's uh, he's a big Grizzlies guy now for a lot of different angles. Yeah, Chark's maybe his man. wife too. Chark's, if you ever want on here, you're more than welcome to come on. We really yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, and so how how, do, how many shots do we think that Jaren? I know we talked about this via text, but like. So what's Jaron's season look like? Like what what do we want? I mean, do we want him what's it look like, Slim? Twenty and ten, baby. <laughs> At least shooting about seventeen a game, five threes. Uh, I need to see the ball in his hands, but most importantly, I need to see him not fouling on defense and improving as a rebounder. Yeah. Will that happen? I don't know, <laughs> but it, I mean, we're going to be awful. So there's no reason not to force feed him and, uh, you know, make him learn how to get a shot off and things like that. So, yeah, I think the only reason it won't is if he, like you alluded to, if he fouls out, if he, you know, if he's not in the game, he can't get those shots. Uh, so yeah, I want to see that improve too. I think that's accurate. I mean, it'll be cool. It'll be what we wanted to see at the end of last season, but then that thigh injury kind of derailed that, which was, you know, Jaron unleashed. Yeah, I think 20 and 10 is like a solid starting ground. I'd love to see him take, you know, 18, 19, 20 shots a game, about four threes. Um, but I think really I just want to see the rebounding aspect as well as that mentality, like to just take over. Like it's really his team now. And I think now he can go into this year, like really knowing that. Like I've seen him this summer, like he's grown the hair out and stuff. But like once you grow the hair out, like it's just like, that's just like a rites of passage. Like it's just like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, he's ready. You know, he's been enjoying the summer, really making a name for himself, like throughout the league, really building like building strong relationships and stuff like that. And I think Jaron has the potential to really put Memphis back on the map. Um, And I just hope that, you know, he's able to realize it. He's already kind of appeared as the Grizzlies ambassador, like for sure. you know, the, the draft, for example. He's been on, you know, all the shows with all the talking heads and he's kind of presented as the face and he's able to handle that in the media. Yeah. He's a great media guy. Yeah. So he's handled that that end. No, that needs to speak, you know, on the court as well. Right. We'll see. Right. Boy be clean too. And Boy Yeah, he clean. does. And and to, Yeah, he, he can dress. And uh, you know, to be fair, like he only averaged like three or four rebounds as a rookie, so Asking him to go to 10 might be a little much, but that that's the goal. Uh, if he's around like seven and a half, eight, I'll be cool with that. Because, I mean, he's going to be playing with JV, who we know can rebound, and Brandon Clark, who seems like he's going to be a good rebounder as well at this level. So um, 10 might be asking a little much. Even some of the best power forwards in the, in the history of the game haven't made that significant of a jump, but they also started off uh, with better numbers as a rookie when it comes to rebounding. So, I mean, we ride or die with Jaron. That's what this franchise is, is hitched to now. So we we just got to hope that he continues to improve. And, I mean, all signs point to him being the face of the franchise and becoming that perennial all-star and, you know, top ten player in the league. So if, if Ja and then also uh, Tyus Jones in, in that Ringer article, uh, he mentioned that Tyus Jones gave Cat his highest usage rate. Uh, when he played with Tyus Jones and basically said the Grizzlies are trying to avoid having a cat type situation where cat has played with a bunch of shot happy guards throughout his career. You think Derrick Rose, Wiggins, Jimmy Butler, those type of guys. Exactly. Not maximizing. Exactly. And just not maximizing his potential. And I mean, now he's like 
five, four or five years in, and everyone's almost forgotten about him, and he's never made the playoffs, or maybe they made it one time, but that's obvious. That's what you don't want with Jaron Jackson, because I don't think anyone would be surprised if Carl Anthony Towns were requested a trade here soon. Mm. That's just how sh- shit goes in the NBA these yep. days, right? <laughs> I mean, you don't want him to be Anthony Davis. Like, Anthony Davis is one of the best prospects in the last 15 years coming into the NBA and made the playoffs, like, twice in New Orleans. And, you know, he did get them a King's Ransom in return, so if you can always reload like that, that would be cool. But obviously the goal is to make runs with that star player that you draft and and begin to build around. You don't want to be stuck in mediocrity for 10 seasons. Uh, you know, that's how teams get sold and moved. (laughs) (laughs) Also this week, not really basketball related news, but the Grizzlies had their, is it an annual, I'm guessing annual garage sale benefiting St. Jude. And I know rich, you made it out there and you, what kind of memorabilia did you get? I'm particularly interested in the one piece that we discussed earlier. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, what was some of the other spoils that you came away with? Yeah, man. Um, it was a it was a definitely a cool concept first and foremost, um, just the way it was marketed, um, and of course with the proceeds going to St. Jude. And so I, you know, got off of work at like five, and so by the time I got there, the pickings were a little slim, uh, but I was able to come up on some cool stuff. I got some of the uh, we all remember the the Mount Grismore um, giveaways from a few years back, so I was able to come up on a uh, Mark Gasol as well as a uh, Tony Allen Mount Grismore um, two fourths of the court four. Um, uh, got some cool little posters for the crib, man. Uh, Zebo, Mike, you know, and it, it was really cool. They're kind of like, you know, ushering in a new era. So, uh, you know, a lot of this was just kind of like getting ready for that rebranding and just, it was a lot of random things too, like posters of artists and people that have done concerts in the forum that take the obligatory Grizzlies Jersey picture, uh, when they come in town. And so, you know, Spent about 15, 20 minutes in there, came up on a nice little haul. And as I was checking out, um, I was trying to exit and they said, oh, no, there's one item that we're giving away for free. And I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, some preseason tickets, you know, something. Um, Chandler Parsons yoga mat. And it was a fucking Chandler Parsons yoga mat. <laughs> yep. So there was a large box placed at the exit door. Um, and as all of us exited, we were, I should I say gifted? I don't want to say gifted. We were... <laughs> Forced upon. We were forced upon yeah. a Chandler Parsons yoga mat. So, you know, nothing else in there was given for free, but, you know, they just had an abundance of Chandler Parsons yoga mats. And so currently it's in a, a storage closet because I have absolutely no idea what to do with it. So if any of our listeners, you know, you're a, a yoga savant and you'd like uh, <laughs> a memorabilia of our, our forgotten friend, just, you know, feel free to hit me up. Uh, DM me on Twitter. I got you. So is it like a just a regular yoga mat? Just there's a hat uh, like his fucking face on it or something. Uh, you know, because I, I actually you know, didn't unwrap it uh, because I had no desire to. But yeah. on the actual mat, there is a signature, uh, which I'm assuming is Chandler Parsons, okay. and I see the CP. And so, yeah, it's rolled up really nicely and tightly. It's they get packaged well, and yeah, man, they were just like, we got to get rid of this shit. <laughs> so I, yeah, I like uh, came home to walk the pub that day. The afternoon, I was at home for lunch downtown. I got on the elevator, and there was this dude standing on the elevator holding a basketball hoop, a orange metal regulation NBA hoop with a net, <laughs> and a bunch of Grizzlies posters in his other arm. 
And I, and like, I was like, what the fuck? Like I saw, I mean, that's something you don't see often. And so I was like, Oh, like you're about to set up a whole like gym in your apartment or something. Probably said something that made him hate me to be honest with you. <laughs> but like, uh, I'm like, come on. Like you had a whole hoop. I had to comment on it. And he was like, Oh man, actually I went to the Grizzlies garage sale and, uh, said so a bunch of cool shit. You go check it out. And in my head, I thought <laughs> I should, but I'm definitely not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> so then like you know then i went down and keyed his car out no i didn't, I didn't have but, but anyway so like I, I didn't know about this at all until that guy on the elevator and and our own slim actually played a part in uh in potentially putting that on right like at least at least you you know about the history of that right yeah i think it was three years ago now in 2016 uh our storages were getting full around grizz hq uh with like warm-up jackets and just old autographed items and things like that and not only my storages but also the arena stuff and we had you know you upgrade from vhs to dvd players so then you have mil- or hundreds of vhs players left over from every tv in the forum and then so things just build up and we also have a or the grizzlies also have a goal that they would try to hit each year um for a contribution to saint jude so i was like yo we we got all this stuff. We need to make some money. Let's do a garage sale. And so we put together a committee, and we had the first one back in 2016. It sounds like they had another successful one this year. So cool thing to see that that tradition lives strong. It's a good idea. Yeah. And I only wish it was marketed better because I definitely didn't know about it until uh, maybe it was an Instagram post that went out. I just didn't see it. But anyway, cool. That's cool. Yeah, man, you just weren't paying attention. I saw it. <laughs> you you weren't in the country. <laughs> no, I was I was here because I saw the guy on the elevator. But I, I was still, I think, jet lagged or something. Yeah, so I can't be held accountable for that. <laughs> so then, Tigers. Huh? I'm probably about. Yeah, that's about yeah. it for the Grizzlies for uh, for right now. But the Tigers, there's some stuff happening over there. The boys are in the Bahamas, looking like they're having a friggin' awesome time. Jimmy Davenport, Woo! shout out, baby, made, made famous from the <laughs> Memphis Tigers Facebook group. <laughs> uh, <laughs> made the trip iPad and a tripod, baby. Oh, you he, need. He held it down, gave thousands of us a little glimpse into the future to the season. Um, it, Drew Hill at the Daily Memphian wrote an article about this guy. He's a just a retired guy who's a Tigers fan. Went to the Bahamas to watch him, and he live streamed on Facebook Live on the Memphis Tigers Facebook group like every single game, which was pretty awesome. None of the games were televised or anything, so that was our only way to really to catch what was going on outside of the you know stat sheets at the end of the game, which were kind of helpful, but also kind of not helpful because we played some teams that had like staff from the hotel and some other stuff like that, but. Uh, what it, it, what were your takeaways from that, Rich? I know you kept up with it. Oh yeah, man. Uh, four and zero. Oh. Uh, first and foremost, I think I just really saw like a lot of the camaraderie. Like, I mean, it sucks for Precious though; he couldn't make the trip. Man, if I was him, I'd be having serious FOMO. Um, so I hope everything got sorted out with his passport and whatnot. Um, but my main standout from when I was viewing it was, of course, I know the level of competition, you know, so I take it with a grain of salt. But man, it it was a lot of DJ. Um, DJ just, you know, really reminding people a bit of like who he is. You know, I think he kind of got a little bit forgotten about uh, amidst the recruiting hall, if you will. But I think with James being out and Precious not making the trip, um, DJ was really able to just kind of kind of ball out, if you will, kind of 
got the green light to take some shots. Um, and so really, you know, I saw a lot of Boogie really getting a lot of control, like handling the ball, Lester, of course. And really Damian Ball has really surprised me. I think when you talk about people being forgotten, I think Damian Ball was kind of seen as, you know, at the time when he committed, it was a big deal. But once like the kind of higher names were brought into the fold, it was kind of just like, you know, is Damian going to see the floor? How many minutes is Damian going to, you know, play? But I think he's kind of giving Penny a, a reason to kind of look into, you know, that minute distribution. But I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Penny manages this roster and like, you know, the rotation. Uh, but yeah, just shout out to the Tigers, man, holding down the Bahamas 4-0. And shout out to their social media guy. Yeah, uh, man. Kind of taking this job and this position by storm, like working out at the beach and the Liberty Bowl and just making shit look fun, man. I think that branding is just as important as the product you put on the floor. So he's really making it look like, you know, it's, it's fucking fun as hell to be a Memphis Tiger. So He's using uh, a lot of yeah, portrait mode, man. He's using that portrait, portrait mode. mode. <laughs> yeah. For real, man. He's got I, the angles, got the shots. Like, I see, I see this guy. Dude. Yeah, or gal. I I, I did talk to someone in the Tigers. Oh, really? The coaches do? Yeah, they interviewed him. Oh, okay. Like player so, development guys. That's good. So they uh, they originally I talked to someone in Tiger Sports Properties that said that they the the program refused the school refused to create a social media position. They said they didn't see it as like uh, something worth doing. You know, creating a what like thirty thousand dollar a year entry level position that essentially markets your entire athletics, and they didn't right. see the value in that, despite the fact that every good program in college <laughs> football or basketball has a whole position dedicated to that. And uh, he said, don't expect it to see it happen, even though they had this whole season, which they should follow, you know, basically do an entire social media series about this year of Penny with this recruiting class. Uh, and then all of a sudden the post started happening. So I wondered if they either caved and created a position, but it sounds like they multi-purposed one of their coaches and, have him doing it. But anyway, yeah, it, it, the, the social media has been great, and it was good to see the team. I agree, Rich. A lot of camaraderie, man. This is the most talented team the Tigers have ever had. I, I feel confident in saying that, which is, sounds crazy considering the Cal years and uh, the NBA talent we had coming through. But top to bottom, talent is overwhelming. The guys seem to like each other, and I think this team can be as good as a championship if they learn that they're only as good as you know they are as a team. So. I think uh, if the, if guys can play unselfishly, I know that's like an old basketball. You hear that a million times, but it's so true in college, especially. Um, I thought our guard play was going to be weak, but like when you think about it, we have so many good guards that do different things. You know, you got the defensive guy like Damian Ball, who can is a slasher. Then you got like Lester, who's a shooter. You got Alo, who's supposed to be kind of the like do it all, you know, facilitator. Tyler, who's the shooter. I mean. Um, Boogie, who's supposed to be, I mean, the most talented, technically, I think, of all the guards in terms of ranking. So it's exciting times. And this is the first year where, and talking about Memphis Tigers, to people that don't know much about college basketball, they will all still say, oh, yeah, you guys got Penny, man. That's exciting. Whereas for like the last like six, seven years, or even, you know, in the middle of Passer, beginning of Passer, every time you bring up Tigers, it's always like, yeah, Derek Rose. And it's like, yo, dude, that was like literally 10 years ago. <laughs> Like, and that, but that's the last memory that people have, but now it's like updated. Now they've, everyone's refreshed their tiger's memory. And now at least they know Penny and James Wiseman. So that's, that's good for the program and good for us as uh, as degree holders, uh, sans rich. Yeah. I think we can expect to see a lot of light skin shit talking from Lester. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I, I love starting, that. Starting little fracases. Yeah. Um, I, Ball looks like he's got a firm hold on the starting point guard position, and I don't think that's going anywhere. 
Um, then just the abundance of talent. I mean, we got so much talent. It's going to be a fun year. Uh, hopefully Wiseman looked just fine. You know, he didn't play because of his shoulder or whatever, but he was playing one-on-one with Boogie and Duncan in the warm-up line, so it didn't look like there was anything to worry about. And now we come home and get ready for Memphis Madness and then the season. Do they have a date for Memphis Madness yet? I don't think there's one, is there? No. I'll take silences now. I don't know. Uh, are they, do they have a – one thing that Zach brought up last night uh, was that, you know, no no signees yet for 2020. So we see uh, a lot of irons in the fire for sure. You know, a lot of like the top guys, Greg Brown comes to mind. But like I think that a lot of these guys are kind of waiting to see – wisely so, waiting to see if uh, things pan out like Penny is, is is selling. You know, see if the team can win. And then also to see if Wiseman and Precious go in the draft like they should. Uh, and that it's not a passenger scenario where guys, their, their stock gets hurt by playing for Memphis. Um, you know, Will Barton most famously, of course. So that was, uh, I think guys are waiting to see. And so that's, you know, that's something notable. Is we don't really have anyone yet for next year. Do you think it would be a knock on Penny if DJ jumped into like the lottery or top 20 pick and Precious fell out of it no i i, I if, as long as like so if if guys are getting better and jumping in i think that shows more than guys falling out uh, uh so yeah i mean i i think that you'd, you'd hope that what would happen was zj would jump in pressure would stay where he is but um yeah. I, I think that i don't know i mean i i guess if i'm a lottery pick I can say this lottery pick and I see a guy fall out, maybe I'm more hesitant. But then for the, you know, the 30 to 40 guys that are like DJ's level that see a guy like DJ jump in, maybe they're like, oh, well, I'll go to Memphis. I don't know. But it couldn't, it couldn't help if someone falls out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think you just got to take it on a case by case basis. I don't think it's an overarching thing. Uh, You know, DJ seems to be more skilled than Precious at this point. Precious is just um, a a better athlete and more upside. So it wouldn't surprise me to see DJ succeed more this year than Precious, even though, um, you know, he was a lower recruit. So we'll see. (laughs) Yeah, man. Excited for the season. Some recruiting news that came over today is that Cameron Matthews is a three-star forward out of Olive Branch. Uh, he he listed Memphis in his final five. Memphis offered him a while ago, uh, this like probably a year ago, I think. Uh, but he's officially got Memphis in his final five. And then I saw Chet Holmgren, who is a six, one of the top guys next year. He's a six eleven, not next year. Sorry, he's a uh, rising junior. He's 6'11", um, like 190-pound stretch center, but he did not. Memphis was supposedly talking to him at one point, but he's out of – he did not mention Memphis as one of the schools that is currently prioritizing him. And it, he was a guy – I don't know if you guys saw. He, like, crossed over Steph Curry at one of Steph's camps and dropped him off. So that he, like, kind of went viral for that. But doesn't look like Memphis is hanging around for him anymore. And the mo- really one of the more exciting things – that doesn't directly involve Memphis is in folly Dante reclassifying from 2020 to 2019 and going to Oregon, which Memphis plays this year. And I'm pretty excited about that matchup. Dante versus going heads up versus Wiseman is going to be pretty awesome. Dante was um, the EYBL player of the peach jam 
And dude's a solid seven footer, sweet mid range jumper, pretty decent handles, protects the rim well. Really excited to see what happens to him because I just from watching him, he looks like a really good player. Follow Zach. Yeah, I ain't too excited to go against him, man. Yeah. I'm not too excited to go against him in that game. Uh, from what I've seen, Wiseman don't want no parts of Dante. <laughs> follow Zach. That's a grown ass man, boy. I was gonna say follow Zach for all your recruiting <laughs> updates, Zachy Cruz. Zachy Cruz. Write them Zachy articles. Yep. That didn't have the same good ring to it. No. That's okay. All right. How are we feeling? Are we, we, are we wrapped up here? Anyone got any uh, closing thoughts? I, I, I don't. Except that, um, nope, I don't. I'm going to go watch the season finale of Euphoria. Uh, and then I'll have my uh, conclusive thoughts on that next week. Sweet. You watch Handmaid's Tale? Uh, I watched the first season. Then I got tired of it. I got kind of, it got, yeah, you got to you got to push through the rape and all that. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> it gets what a sentence! <laughs> what? Yeah, three just ended. yeah I, hey, it's the show, man. If you yeah, watch the it's show, true. you know it's true. It is. Rape. It's it's a it's it's not even just like it, it, that. That doesn't really. It's not that that bothers me. It was just like to me they were making. They were they were spreading the plot too thin. They were like, what? It should have been like six episodes instead. It was ten, and so it was like. Yeah, I forgot who I was talking yeah, to. Whatever, man. You know? <laughs> Not you know, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Jaron Jackson is older or younger than all of the big men drafted uh, in this most recent class, except for Jackson Hayes. Uh, so he's still one of the youngest players in the NBA. And he added 20 pounds of muscle. Let's go. We out. Do ups and downs, waiting on something to happen. I just said, I'm gonna have a good day. And all my-